Welcome to Everyday Wellness. I'm Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my colleague, Cynthia Thurlow. I'm a nurse practitioner, and we are both super passionate about food, here to educate, inspire, and advocate for you for your best health. Hey, hey, wanted to come to you today and talk to you about some of the things that Kelly and I are really loving these days. And one of them are the Dry Farm Wines. And I'm not sure how much you know about this company, but what really makes them different and unique is that they are sourcing wines from organic vineyards where there are low to no sugar or carbs. And interestingly enough, most modern wines have more sugar than a liter of soda. Scary, right? They're lower in alcohol, they're lower in sulfites, and sulfites are kind of those things that can cause a lot of uh, symptoms. You know, sometimes people will get headaches and histamine responses, et cetera. They are one of our sponsors for our podcast, and we'd love for you to take advantage of trying out some of their wines. They have lots of options. I love their rosés, but you can go to www.dryfarmwines.com backslash Cynthia Thurlow and you can check out what they have there and try some things out and definitely let us know what you think. Hello everyone. We are so excited today to be joined by Shelby Stover. Shelby is a certified strength coach and certified nutrition coach in everyday life, as well as a mama to two beautiful girls. She's a chronic foodie and a workout junkie. 10 years ago, she was a restaurant manager, smoker, and fast food junkie but she has decided to turn her life around and started her journey to health when she became a mama. Her biggest goal is to help busy moms stay fit with fast but effective workouts, as well as tips for pregnancy and specific goals. Shelby, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's exciting. It's weird hearing yourself in your own intro. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> a summary of everything you believe in. <laughs> I know, I know. So we always like to start from the beginning. We'd love to hear how you kind of made the transition from a restaurant manager mm -hmm. and a self-described fast food junkie, uh, as well as a smoker to being a strength and nutrition coach. How did that transition actually occur? So it's been quite a journey, to be perfectly honest. It was not an overnight thing and there was no actual light bulb moment. I was a restaurant manager and everyone thinks that because I'm a trainer now, I was really, really fit as a teenager, as a kid. And I was not, I don't think I've ever been enrolled in an actual sport in my entire life. And I just wasn't, I wasn't a fit teenager. So I was in my early twenties, I think I was smoking probably under a pack a day, just under a pack a day. And walking up a flight of stairs was a joke to me. I was bartending before I moved up to being a restaurant manager and I, could I could carry one case of beer from back to front of store, but that was that was pretty much cap on my lifting abilities. And so one New Year's, as terrible as it sounds, I decided to, and I quote, get fit, which I dislike that New Year's goal now because that what does that mean to anyone? So that was my big goal. And I just started making really small changes that were now seem so silly to me but made a really big difference at the time. And I just kind of kept rolling with it. And year by year, I think I've just challenged myself more and more in different ways, either nutritionally or fitness wise to get where I am today. But everyone seems to think there was a light bulb moment and there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how your definition of getting fit at that time when you just decided has changed. Oh goodness. <laughs> so I think at the time I, want, I wanted to be stronger. 
I was, I've always been a really, really tiny, tiny person. So it had nothing more or less to do with weight. I just didn't like feeling breathless anymore when I was trying to do something. A lot of my friends at the time were at least going to the gym and kind of keeping up that pretense. And I'd laugh at it. I just did not see the gym as a thing you should do at all. And when I did join my first gym, I was the person who just walked on the treadmill. I was like, I'm getting fit. With my, <laughs> I couldn't run because my knees hurt and everything was painful. Whereas now for me, fitness is just being able to keep up with kids and do things I enjoy, I think is the biggest. Whereas before, I guess I wanted to be able to lift certain things or to carry the case of beer without mm -hmm. being winded. <laughs> and now I just want to be able to do things I like. <laughs> Can I just say that I love your fitness. I love that your fitness was measured by how many cases of beer you could carry. Right? Like, I know. Awesome. <laughs> That's so like awesome. a 20 well, It was always terrible right? though, because you like the amount you'd go through every night. And I kept having to ask the kitchen guys to bring them up just because I was like, I can carry one to two, but then, you know, we're getting a little, little tense here. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, how many kids and bags of groceries can I carry? Oh right. <laughs> I don't know. I measure everything in deadlift amounts. <laughs> there you go. Well, and I think, I think what you're really saying is it's the quality of life piece to you that became really important that you wanted to have the energy to spend time with your children and to be able to interact with them and not feel like you were a couch potato and so I'm curious, I'm sure during this whole evolution, you started making changes with your diet as well. How did that process start for you? Hilariously. So <laughs> I, in my early 20s, I just genuinely could not cook. My now husband kind of cooked everything for us. And our fancy dinner was sidekicks and like chicken fingers. Like that was cooking. You had to boil something for sidekicks. Mm -hmm. So that counts as a meal. So mainly I lived off of anything I grabbed from the restaurant. So normally that was pasta. I loved McDonald's. So I, they, McDonald's has a McDonald's monopoly and it was like the best time of the year for me is to get those monopoly <laughs> tickets from how much McDonald's I could eat. That and pizza pockets was kind of what I lived off of. So those were my staple, my diet staples at the time. And I think the very first switch I made was to start buying store-bought yogurt and granola. So our grocery stores actually make it in store with like the sugar, like the most sugar-based yogurt you can find, about a cup and a half of it, topped with store granola. And that was my healthy choice. I was so proud that I was eating yogurt. You have to start somewhere, right? I think right. That, that's one of the things that I know when I'm working with my patients and I'm sure Kelly is as well. And, and you, you with your own clients, you know, small, you know, kind of, I always say slow and steady wins the race. So making those yeah. small actionable, mm -hmm. like going from having a parfait at McDonald's to eating one on the grocery store to then making one for yourself and, you know, kind of educating yourself across the process. And did you, did your habits start, rein, did you start feeling better and that helped reinforce making continued better choices? How did that work for you? It, like I said, it wasn't a quick thing, to be perfectly honest. I think five years in my journey, I was still smoking and mm -hmm. definitely still drinking more, but I did feel better day to day. I've always been a tiny person. So bloating shows really, really easily when you're small framed. So I noticed that just began to reduce a little bit. Digestion was better, but mainly it was energy levels. Mm -hmm. So I was a, never a huge pop drinker just because it didn't feel good when you're running around bartending to have a yeah. bunch of pop in your stomach, yeah. but I was an iced tea drinker. Okay. And so I'd go through 
probably six or seven tall glasses of iced tea a shift. Wow. Which is insane. And that's caffeinated too, right? It's caffeinated. It's loaded with sugar. And I was using them just because I'd get so tired halfway through my shift and need them to kind of keep you going until 1, 2 a.m. And so that started to ease off. And I also remembered the best habit was water. Water was the hardest habit for me to change, which seems silly now because I would, I don't go anywhere without my water bottle now. But I was one of those people, have you ever heard this, who doesn't like water? Yeah. Yes, I hear that often. (laughs) Sure, you've heard it with your clients. So I get it now and I laugh, but I was that person that water was just, it had no flavor. Why would you drink it? And I remember having to like gag the water down just to get it into my system. And then now I, I don't know what I would do without my liter jug that follows me around in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) So it took some doing, but it's worth it now, I suppose. So can you talk to us a little bit about what your diet looks like now and what kind of nutrition recommendations you make? Oh goodness. So I say my diet's changed quite drastically in the last 15 years. The first half of it was more baby steps. So eating yogurt, getting in a vegetable a day was a huge, huge achievement and saying no to things like nachos. Mm. (laughs) Those were all big things. It slowly started to shift. I think, what book was it? The Eat Clean Diet by Tosca Reno. Mm -hmm. So way back when that was the book I read and I was like, you need protein. So the more I read, the more it shifted over the years. So way back when I started training, about four years after that, I got into coaching figure competitors and was eating more, very similar to a figure competitor. So I was carb cycling. I was very high on protein and which is fine. It worked really, really well. It was what I was into at the time. And then I had kids and eating a figure competitor's diet just wasn't appealing to me. And so it's kind of shifted through there. The more I read, the more I think my diet changes. I'd say now I eat an insane amount of vegetables. (laughs) I'm a crazy fat person, so I adore healthy fats. And I do still tend to carb cycle. So a lot of, I wouldn't say I'm low, I wouldn't say I'm either, mainly because I don't want to give a label to anything that I eat. But I do like to carb cycle. So on days I work out, I have more carbs. On days that I don't work out, I have less. And truthfully, I just don't follow a plan. But I I love that. Kind of throw it all together from my fridge. (laughs) But I love that because I think nowadays things are so polarizing, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, paleo, primal, et cetera. I'm probably missing a few in there. Keto, low carb, no carbs. I think that there are these philosophies that are very polarizing. And so I love that you're very fluid in terms of your approach to nutrition. I'd love for you to make some suggestions. What are some of the go-to meals? Because I know you have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I remember those (laughs) days. They're definitely, you're in the thick of things. I would love for you to, you know, make some suggestions for women that are listening who are still in those ages where kids are really, you're, they're really dependent on you for everything. How you throw, how you kind of look at meal prepping, how you look at strategizing for making healthy meals. Cause I'm sure you are not someone who has the time to spend hours in the kitchen. No. And funnily enough, I, I'm a food blogger and I do a lot of recipe creation, but I actually dislike spending a lot of time in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So the majority of my recipes are very, very fast simply because I am, I'm just not a fancy person that way. So I just need something that gets the job done. And it tastes good. When it comes to any kind of meal prep, I actually don't do a whole lot. So my biggest thing is to always make sure that there are snacks in the freezer because my kids just snack all day long. 
So when I food prep, it is normally muffins, energy balls, and protein bars. Mm -hmm. Those are just always in the freezer. Vegetables, the rule is, is when they come in the house, they get washed and cut if they need it, need to be. Mm -hmm. And then they're good for whatever. Otherwise, I don't typically prep a whole lot other than that because all of my meals are throw together. Mm -hmm. So when we're struggling there, I know that there's always cooked rice and chopped vegetables and a protein in the fridge. So it makes a stir fry or a Buddha bowl or those type of 15 minute type meals. If I had to make a like six casseroles every single Sunday, I don't know what I'd do. I'd cry. <laughs> like I can't, <laughs> I just don't have time to food prep actual meals for the entire week. So I've just learned to make better healthier throw together meal. One of the big game changers for me, and you touched on it was when you bring the vegetables in, like getting them ready, at least washing them. And I find if I chop them, I'm way more likely to actually consume them rather than end up throwing them out because they are growing penicillin or something. It's, else. The, best, it's the best habit. And when yeah. you're, when you are munchy and you open the fridge door, it's really easy to grab and shut. Like I all fully eat raw carrots and just munch on them if they're already there in the fridge. The funny thing is that my four-year-old loves washing vegetables. Like that's her chore. Aww. She enjoys it because she can munch on them as she's watching them. But so half the time when you go to put your vegetables in the fridge, there's bites of the peppers and <laughs> all of the things out of them. So when you're going to make whatever meal, you have to cut around all these like toddler bites. Aww. But that's there could awesome. be worse habits. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. And you'll miss those little bites someday, right? Oh, I know. She grabbed a pepper herself out of the fridge the other day, like got a stool, opened the fridge, took a pepper and sat down and did her puzzle, mowing down this pepper. Oh, that's great. And it was adorable. I think one of the things that, you know, probably is common in all of our kitchens is that we have to do some degree of prepping. Obviously, I'm at the stage of life where I have a teen and a tween and they (laughs) eat so much food. It is ridiculous. My husband keeps saying, I don't understand how they managed to eat all of those. My my older son will eat two burgers, two burgers with a bun, with a gluten-free bun. And then he'll be hungry an hour later. And it's like, it's not that he hasn't got enough healthy fats or enough protein. His just metabolism is like a hummingbird. They're but just I think bottomless they, pits. <laughs> yeah. Teenagers are just pits. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I, I admire their metabolism. I'm like, I would love to know what that's like again, but I <laughs> ended up when I had it. My new favorite protein powder is by Equip Foods. It is the safest, cleanest, doctor-formulated protein powder for building muscle and shedding fat that won't leave you gassy and bloated like so many other brands do. It's 100% grass-fed and finished beef protein powder that's good for your gut and tastes delicious. We know that one in three adults don't consume enough protein, and it's certainly a topic we discuss on the podcast with regularity. And if you want to help build muscle and lose fat and keep your immune system strong and have all-day energy, you want to be ensuring that you're consuming adequate protein throughout the day. And actually, if you are north of 40 years old, as I talk about on the podcast quite a bit, we need more protein with age and not less. Each scoop of Prime Protein's doctor-formulated beef isolate protein powder has 21 grams of protein. And with only a small handful of ingredients, you're getting only what you need, 100% carefully sourced real foods and nothing else. No junk, no additives, no allergens, no no chemicals or fillers. And let's be clear, it tastes really good. My personal favorite is chocolate as well as peanut butter. But in my house, 
Vanilla and strawberry are also super popular. Their products are 100% grass-fed. They prioritize working with regenerative farms who let their cows graze outside and source the highest quality grass-fed beef protein that can be found. They work with small farms in Sweden who are dedicated to humanely raising their cattle, and it's independently tested. Additionally, beef protein is packed with things like collagen, gelatin, and micronutrients that your body needs. They work to help repair joints and soft tissues like plant-based proteins won't. With six different flavors, including the ones that I mentioned are my family favorites, there are endless recipes, possibilities. They also have an unflavored variety. It's smooth. It blends easily. You don't have to use a blender. It has no funky aftertaste. It tastes amazing with just water, can be mixed into hot or cold recipes, and has over 2,000 five-star reviews and counting. And it comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't love it after 30 days, they will give you a full refund. So the easiest way to check this product out is to go to equipfoods.com slash Cynthia 20. That's equipfoods, E-Q-I-P foods.com slash Cynthia 20 for 20% off your first order. Remember, my favorite flavors are chocolate and peanut butter, but in my house, vanilla and strawberry are close seconds. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. But I think one of the things that we're seeing irrespective of what age our kiddos are is that you have to you have to prepare to some degree just so that you have options that are available that are healthier because we aren't going to make great options. If we're really, really hungry, you're not going to sit down and diligently make a stir fry. You're not going to cut up vegetables. You're going to grab like a junky protein bar. You're going to grab something that's quick or you're going to go through Starbucks drive-through. And it's interesting. The other day, someone was mentioning that one of the seasonal frappuccinos has 380 calories and 60 grams of sugar. And I was like, that's- Oh my God unbelievable wow. that's like dessert for two Ew. days or three days in a cup <laughs> and you're yeah, that would that. kill my stomach yeah I exactly. find um one of the things that I am on top of is when I make rice I just double batch it so there's always mm-hmm. some in the fridge same goes with whatever noodles we're eating 
And we we always have some sort of bean or lentil cooked in the fridge too, mm, to just kind smart. of throw into something, whether it's like a crock pot chili or chickpeas on top of a bowl. Honestly, it sounds random, but if you have those things already cooked in the fridge, it's really easy to whip up a fast dinner because mm -hmm. my biggest pet peeve in life is at 4.15 hearing what's for dinner and not knowing the answer. Yeah. And when you, open your, when you open your refrigerator and see those things, it's like, okay, now I have possibilities. Now I yeah. can have some ideas where if you open your fridge and it's kind of bare, it seems much, yeah. much like a much more difficult task. Yeah. So you and mentioned uh, that. Sorry, go ahead. That's no. my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you have veggies ready to go and some sort of yeah. healthy carb. What about proteins? What are your like go-to proteins that you prep? So we do eat meat. Everyone tends to think I'm vegan which makes me laugh a lot only because my dad's a hunter. <laughs> so <laughs> he always gets a good laugh out of it. We're not vegan. It's just, I am terrible at cooking meat for the most part. So my husband actually takes care of that part. So I will, I am always in charge of side dishes and the main part of a dish and vegetables. And he'll come home and do chicken breasts or make homemade burgers or kind of do that. I find I don't need the meal to be based around meat. I'm perfectly content with everything else, but we, so we kind of just use it as a topper that way. And normally it's the same with everything else. If he's cooking chicken, he's going to cook off multiple chicken breasts instead of just the two that we need. If I'm cooking rice, I'm going to cook off more than we need for that day because then it sets you up for the next four days. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of batch cooking, I guess, just to yep. keep it simple. Yeah, we're the same. We have the division of labor in our house. And so now my husband and I both work from home. And what is kind of settled out with my left brain engineer <laughs> finance husband is that on Sunday nights, he batch cooks protein and it could be bison, it could be beef, it could be pork, it could be chicken, yeah. it could be, we don't typically cook fish unless we're cooking it the day of, because my children actually don't take sandwiches to school. They actually take leftovers. That's their preference. So, oh my God, I have a funny story about that. This makes me laugh. This will make you laugh. Three pounds of ground beef. Woo! And two or three pounds of chicken. And two or three pounds of pork. I mean, it is insane. And do you know, by Friday, there's nothing left. And it's not- Oh, I don't doubt that. It's my, I have one son, sometimes he'll eat like ground turkey or beef or, you know, breakfast. Then he'll take yep. something else for lunch. And then they eat, you know, two dinners. I mean, it's just- insane. So it's good to know that you have the division of labor in your house too. My husband's in charge of proteins because he does them better. I do a lot of the other things. So Yeah, we have to, especially because I love my husband, but he does not. <laughs> he eats a very typical male <laughs> diet, <laughs> just meat and chips. <laughs> random thing. So he's gotten really good about knowing that we obviously need a vegetable on the table because I'm a crazy person. And so he'll He'll cook off the meat and he'll cook off if we're having potatoes. And normally I would do like a whole pan of sheet roasted vegetables. And he's got like four carrots cooking. <laughs> like, <laughs> so now we've just come to an agreement that I'll be in charge of all of those things. And you can just make sure that there's always some sort of protein in the fridge to munch on that. <laughs> That's cool. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and start talking a bit more about fitness. So we, we, I understand you started with the um, cases of beer lifting, but how has your fitness progressed from there? Yeah, it's been funny. I guess I think I've tried every style of workout you can try by now. And I just love lifting heavy. Like that's where I am. I find it gives the best results body composition wise. It's a great anger management thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But obviously before kids, you do have a lot more time, which I somewhat wonder what I did with that time now that I have kids. Like I clearly was very unproductive apparently, (laughs) (laughs) but workouts used to be a lot longer. And while I was still lifting, it was very, it was a little bit more interval based and trying to work up a sweat and kind of hitting that more fat burn type of workout, which again, that term makes me a little cringeworthy now, but at the time it was totally legit. Nowadays, workouts still happen. I'm very, very religious about my workouts and they get done, period. It's not an option. My kids join me, but I've transitioned a lot more into lifting. So before my goals were just very body composition based, I really just wanted to look hot. And when I switched my goals to more performance based, to be able to kick, keep up with kids and feel strong, ironically, all the body composition stuff worked itself out. Wow. So now I tend to... I lift and then I do anything else that's fun. But I love that you, you know, you talk about this evolution, you know, we don't have to stay static that we just because something worked for you a few years ago, doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity to evolve and shift and change. I know I'm sure Kelly is the same way. Once you have kids, you're right. You have a lot less free time. And I I feel like because I'm, I'm North of 40 that, you know, strength training is critical. You know, we lose so much muscle mass as women, as we age. And I I forget what the percentage was. I read the other day. It's like 1% a year. Yeah. It's five to 10 pounds of muscle mass per decade. I think after the age of 20. Yep. And so, yeah, Yeah. at my stage of the game, what are women doing? They're doing lots of cardio. I loathe cardio. Mm -hmm. I don't mind walking. Like I'm all about walking. Being active is important, but Strength training, I think for many of us is really the missing link. I think, you know, men seem to be more self-directed to lifting, but when women start lifting, I mean, there's so many huge benefits that kind of come out of that. I'm curious, do you do splits? Meaning, you know, do you do legs one day or are you always incorporating, you know, a full body workout when you're doing your strength training? So I used to, I used to train a little bit more bodybuilding style. So I do chest and back day, let glutes and abs day leg day and then another push pull day I think and which was fine it got okay results and it was okay and then after I had my first I shifted into more full body sessions still focusing on strength training and I just find I get so much better bang for my buck with Mm -hmm. them I work out five days a week the other two are we'll say rest days they're active recovery days because you don't sit down when you have a two and a four (laughs) for sure they're run under a K to chase kids a day, but my workouts now are all full body and still strength based. And part of that is again, just because I love it. Part of it is I like feeling strong and it makes it so I stay injury free while I am picking up a two-year-old and a four-year-old and running with a dog. And part of it is just looking towards the future. I still want to be able to do these things in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So preventing osteoporosis and keeping everything strong and mobile is super important to me. So one of the things that I overlooked when I was younger is just mobility. I was Mm -hmm. always that person that said, yeah, no, my shoulders just don't move. They're just like that. Okay. Well, an area that doesn't move is going to be an injured area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just is. So in the last few years, I've taken a little bit more time to kind of work on all those areas. And while it drives me nuts, it is not my favorite thing to work. I've noticed a very, very big difference in how I perform, which is motivating, of course. But. Yeah. You know, I think we've seen a shift from women kind of being totally unaware of or afraid of lifting and heavy lifting to being a bit more at least open to it, but it still seems like it's kind of a slow roll. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
It's definitely still slow. So a lot of the clients that come to me know that I strength train and know that I lift very heavy. So I think one thing to make a distinction about is strength training doesn't mean that you have to go deadlift your body weight. Mm -hmm. It just mm -hmm. means using external load and using progressive overload. It, there's no actual requirement of you having to be the strongest person out there. But most women come in fearful of that, that you are going to just put them right up to as heavy as possible. And it's scary, which is completely understandable. But the thing to remember is that picking up weights doesn't just change your body composition. Like you have to work very, very hard to change your body composition and just lifting those weights is not going to do it. So there's nothing overly to be fearful about. Thankfully, well, I'm not, I'm not personally a CrossFit person because I don't like a lot of volume, mm -hmm. but I will give credit to CrossFit that they've gotten a lot of women lifting mm -hmm. and it's amazing. I love that movement because women who are lifting become strong and strong women don't get injured picking up their kids or chasing their kids or letting their kids climb on them. So it just makes daily tasks better when you're lifting. I love that perspective. And I, I, I wish more people, more women really understood that message. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armra colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armra's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And Armrest Colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one, -on -one, interpreting your data 
and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code E. WP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. You know, and, and I, I usually pick on the CrossFitters. From my perspective, more so because it's kind of this all or nothing mentality. Yeah. You know, I love I love people being athletic. I love people exercising. I just find that that's probably the one activity I call it the weekend warriors. The people that they really overdo it. Maybe they're not working out every day, but when they do it, they overdo it, and then they're ending up with injuries. And it could also be I'm just at a different stage in my life. This is when I'm seeing, you know, my husband who played college level lacrosse and still plays you know, he's starting to understand that he has to start doing the strength and mobility work. He's not yeah. doing it. And then he's getting mm -hmm. sore. And then when you get sore, you mentioned, then you're not moving. And if you're not moving, that's when you, you know, you'll reactivate injuries or you'll yeah. exacerbate them. Really, really important point. So one thing that I like to make note of with CrossFit, and I always feel bad because I'm not trying to pick on CrossFit. Again, I love that they get, it gets women lifting, but CrossFit also has the flip side of a lot of women who do CrossFit get larger muscle-wise. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'd like to point out is because they are such a volume-based workout mm -hmm. scheme. So I, so for instance, in my workouts, my rep ranges are, I'd say three to five sets too. So not a whole lot of volume there. CrossFit lifts, you're doing upwards of 50, 60 repetitions mm -hmm. of something. And that's every single workout, every, we'll say five to six days a week. So your volume is excruciatingly high. Yeah. And then yes, your body's going to compensate by building more muscles to mm -hmm. deal with that volume. If you do not go towards that volume, you're not going to have that stimulus and you're not going to grow that way. So while I do love that it is getting women lifting, I promise you, you will not look that stereotypically muscular by lifting in lower volume. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And I yeah. think okay. the other thing that's really important is that physiologically women are not designed, no. you know, we don't have enough te circulating testosterone unless we are taking anabolic steroids, which I think most women try to avoid doing. It is physiologically impossible for us to get as big as guys, but I agree with you. There's definitely a different body habitus 
based on what types of physical activity people do. And, and I think the other piece is nutrition is, in my opinion, is 80 to 90% of how we look. And, and I think Agreed. people think it's the opposite, mm -hmm. that they can out-exercise a bad diet. I hear it and see it all the time. And I always say, you know, people don't recognize that maybe at 20 or 25, you can get away with eating anything you want. But as you get older, you can. It's, it, it, I mean, it sucks that that's the case. But I just find, you know, I, I have a friend who's 60 and, and she still lifts and she's a really, you know, fit, healthy woman. And she said, oh, just you wait till you get to be my age. And I was like, I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> I try very hard not to be that person that says that, but I recognize that it, you know, as we get older, our metabolism slows down, even if we do all the right things, even if we're, yeah sleeping and eating and lifting the way that, that our bodies are designed to be. It's the natural order though. That's what your body is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are ways to combat it to an extent, but you're, it's still going to happen. Right. Regardless, I think every stage is a little bit different that way. So for the listener out there who's thinking, okay, this weight thing is probably something I need to do. Yes. Can, can you just kind of give us a list of the benefits outside of maintaining muscle mass? So you had mentioned preventing osteoporosis, maintaining yeah. muscle mass. What else? So preventing, it's, I only say osteoporosis because I actually have clients who train specifically for that as it runs in their family. And so when you're looking at preventing that, you do want to load your main area. So your hips and your spine, it is the compressive load that helps stimulate growth and prevent osteoporosis. Keeping up with kids is a big one for me. So the stronger you are, the less, what's the word I'm thinking of? The less exertion daily tasks require of you. So carrying groceries becomes easier, picking up your kids, walking your dog, all those things become easier, which is one of my favorite benefits because who doesn't want to carry all the groceries in one trip? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> right? I also think that strength training allows you to do more things you love. So for instance, I was never a runner until the last few years solely because it hurt a lot to run. I was the person who had quote unquote bad knees. And the truth is it's not that I have bad knees. It's that my glutes weren't strong enough to stabilize them. Mm. So learning to strengthen my glutes made it so I can run and jump and do silly things like play hopscotch. So I just think that there's a lot of other reasons to lift. Obviously it does help combat the slow in metabolism too, because you're giving your body a stimulus to use what you're taking in. So that's a big one. Also, if you're looking from a body composition perspective, and it just feels good to be strong. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. So we kind of touched on nutrition. We talked on, you know, the exercise and lifting, but what are some other components of the pillars of health that you kind of alluded to prior to our conversation? Well, for me, the biggest one that I like to, I want to say rant about, and that sounds terrible, but is stress. So I just personally think that stress is so overlooked when it comes to your all around health. And I wish that, I think that would be my advice to myself 10 years ago, is that stress actually affects how your body performs, how mm -hmm. it is a capable of doing its job. And yet we ignore that pillar immensely every um, single day. <laughs> yeah. And so what do you recommend to help manage and prevent that stress from having a negative impact? So the first is finding something you enjoy and doing it, which is the exact same recommendation I give with any kind of exercise. Don't do exercise that you hate. If you walk, if you're going to your workouts, dreading them, like physically, genuinely dreading your workout, 
please do a different workout. So find something you enjoy and rock it, whether that is Zumba or hiking in the woods or tap dancing. It doesn't matter. Just find some sort of movement that you enjoy and do it. The other thing I like to recommend is to be, to acknowledge that you're stressed. So sometimes we just kind of push it on the back burner. burner. We don't actually deal with what we're feeling. But when you acknowledge that something is stressing you out, it's a little bit easier to manage whether that's in an acute way and you just need to take a few breaths to reset or from a big perspective and breaking it down as to how to manage it or how to overcome the problem that you're stressed about. My own holistic nutritionist when I was trying to get pregnant and I was very like, extremely stressed about it and everyone tells you not to stress and it just makes you even more eye twitchy. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, told me that I had to meditate literally for one minute a day. That's all she wanted from me was one minute at the end of every day to see if I could get my mind to settle. And I kid you not, it was the hardest goal anyone yeah. has ever mm -hmm. given to me. She made me meditate and write a paragraph in a journal every night. And the very first paragraph I wrote, I remember this, was about how stupid this was. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. But once I got into the habit of it, it turns out it did make a very big difference, which is enraging in itself. <laughs> but so it's small. It doesn't have to be a big thing to deal with stress. I think you just have to acknowledge it and find small ways to deal with it. Oh, love that. And we can That was a lengthy more. answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. And you know, one of the things that you have on your website, which I felt was really so profound and helpful was just acknowledging that being a mom and working and doing all the things can be a struggle. Like so often, I think yeah. we feel like we have to just wear the super mom cape and just keep going, but acknowledging it really takes a lot of the sting out. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit that I live in chaos. <laughs> so yeah. I run, I say two and a half businesses. So three kind of separate businesses all from home. Thank God my, I love my toddler, but I'm so thankful that she started school this year because it frees up a little bit of time, but my youngest only goes to preschool three days a week. So all those other hours are done in the thick of playtime and cook time and just sheer everything time. So the best advice I have is again, just acknowledging that it is chaos and prioritizing. I will be the first to admit that I do not prioritize the floors of my house. <laughs> There's something always that comes before me mopping floors that needs to get done that is more important, but it's just kind of, you do have to be a little bit organized, but it's setting aside the things that are super important and the things that your kids can help you with that kind of gets it all done. So if anyone has seen any of my workouts, you have probably seen little ones bopping around <laughs> with me or joining me or mimicking me or just flat out screaming in the background. <laughs> and it's because that's one thing that we actually can do together. I work out because I love it, but I also love that they come down to the gym and they think it's playtime. Mm -hmm. So if I've done anything, it is make it so that fitness is not a punishment, it is fun. And it's one thing I can check off my to-do list that I actually enjoy, but that can be done with them. Well, and I think it makes you relatable because we've all been there. We've all had those, <laughs> you know, those years where I always say, you know, when kids are like five and under, it's the very hands-on years where you can't go to the bathroom without someone being in oh, there wow, with no. you, or you have to make sure someone doesn't stick their finger in a light socket. And then you transition to the next stage. And so every stage is wonderful, but every stage has its, you know, pros and cons. But I love that you, you know, managed to incorporate, you know, demonstrating for your children that, you know, being physically active is a priority, eating healthfully is a priority. I would really love if you could give our listeners two tips for how to live their best life. 
Oh, those are tricky. Only two, <laughs> eh? And I'll try to keep the ranting to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> the first one would be to not do things you hate. I know that it sounds so silly, but again, dreading your workouts or dreading your food sucks. It's not fun. It's not productive. And it only actually increases your stress levels based on those two things. So find things you enjoy, whether that is fitness related or nutrition related and roll with them. The other is to not take yourself or your day too seriously. So I find I'm a to-do list person and I am religious about the to-do list. Like the to-do list gets done, period. Like the day doesn't stop until the list is done, which is a terrible frame of mind when you have very, very young kids. Mm -hmm. So my biggest goal since my second, because she's crazy, <laughs> has been to let go of that a little. It's okay if the groceries do not get done Thursday morning at 10 a.m. It doesn't matter if you get them at 1 p.m. at all. Learning to just give in a little bit mm -hmm. tends to make your days smoother. Oh, that such great it. tips. Such great <laughs> tips. So how can our listeners learn more about you? Well, everywhere. No. <laughs> so I do, I do run a health and fitness um, website, which you can find at www.fitisamamabear.com. From that, I also have my own podcast, which is geared towards mamas and just trying to navigate everything that you are bombarded with on a daily, as well as you can find me at Instagram and Facebook at the handle Fit as a Mama Bear and on Twitter, Twitter can't talk today, at Fit as a Mama Bear as well. So quite literally everywhere, I think now. <laughs> I try to be anyways. No, oh, thank you so much for carving a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions or would like us to discuss a certain topic, please feel free to email us at everydaywellnesspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find out more about Kelly at kellydonahuephd.com and more about Cynthia at cynthiatherlow.com. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.